I love my brother. He was 16 when we got married. Had just turned 16 because we, uh, November is his birthday and November is our anniversary. Uh, I was 20, and so he was 16 years old. And uh, just, um, yeah, we did. We fought a lot. We did. It was because you was wrong. Look, I was a jerk. I, I'll just tell you, I was a jerk growing up as a teenager, and, uh, and God has just, um, I, I told him in the marriage conference, I'm praying, um, I, I'm going to share a little bit about my family, and we are closer to grandparent age uh, than, than we are anything right now, though we are not pushing that. Everyone's like, oh, can't wait to be a grandpa. Not me. No, uh-uh, no, uh-uh. Y'all just, y'all just get married and enjoy life. You know, it's okay. If it happens in five years, we're good with that. Um, me, you know, because we're just, we're not. But if it happens, we're going to be excited. I know. But, um, you know, I just, we, uh, we have a great family. I love my family. I love my kids. And uh, two things that I really, really, really enjoy talking about. Number one is marriage. I love talking about marriage. I love being married. I shared with him yesterday, I strive to educate myself to be the best husband that I can be, all right? Uh, they say it, 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 it takes uh, 3,000 hours, I believe that's correct, off the top of my head, 3,000 hours to become a master of anything, all right? Listen to me. If you want to master your marriage, you're just going to have to keep learning and keep learning and keep learning and keep learning and keep learning. So I love talking about marriage. The second thing I love talking about is family. The raising of families. Now, I'm going to share a sermon with you this morning called Ark Builders, okay? Ark Builders. Now, um, some of you have families in this room. You have kids that still live at home. Some of you have kids that have moved out, and you're thinking, well, this has nothing to do with me because I've already raised my kids, and they're out of the home. That's not true because the things that I'm going to share with you are still things that you can still live out in your life that will affect your adult children. Some of you are grandparents, and you're thinking, well, this isn't going to affect me because he's talking about parenting. That's not the case because in our society, unfortunately, more grandparents are raising their grandkids than parents are raising their kids. And it's a sad thing. However, grandma, grandpa, you have the ability to be an ark builder in your grandkids' life and to raise them up in the things of God and in the heart of God the Father, all right? Some of you are thinking, well, I don't have kids, and we don't have the ability to have kids, or the doctor isn't, you know, he's not giving us much hope. In the name of Jesus, I pray that your womb is opened up. In the name of Jesus, I declare that over your life. In the name of Jesus, I pray that God bring children into your life, and maybe not through birth, but maybe through other means. There's a scripture. Thank you, Holy Spirit. That's why you gave me that scripture. In, in Psalm, yeah, I talk to him that way. Me and the Holy Spirit, that's the way we talk. I was sitting down there, and he gave me a scripture. Psalm 68 says this. Psalm 68, verse number 6, says that God places the lonely in families. Think about it. Process it. God places the lonely in family. Maybe you are not able at this time to have a child, but God has a child that is lonely, hurting, and broken, and he wants to bring them into your life. So open your heart and say, God, I'm willing to do whatever needs to be done in this case. I love family, and God loves family. It's what he created first. And so I ask you, wherever you are at in life, please listen to what the Holy Spirit is wanting to say to you and how he's wanting to speak to you. 
because I love the word of God. I can read one scripture and it means this to me and Pastor TJ can read it and it's going to mean something else to him, though it's not different context. It's the same context. It's the same scripture, but God's going to speak to me in one way. He's going to speak to you in one way. So wherever you're at in the season of life, God has the ability to speak this sermon into your heart. So that, and maybe it's just for the case that you're going to begin to pray over your own adult children that they would hear and they would see these principles and they would begin to walk in them concerning raising a family in the kingdom of God. Amen. All right. So I want to get into the word of God this morning and uh, we're, we're going to share the word of God with you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I love you and I thank you. You're an amazing God. You are so wonderful and you are so awesome. And God, I stand in reverence and in awe of you. And God, once again, you have chosen to use me to speak your word. And God, these are your words. These are your people. This is your church. And God, I have nothing to do other than just presenting this. So God, let me get out of the way. And God, I pray that your word and your seed would be planted in the hearts of every person under the sound of my voice today. I pray that you captivate us. I pray that you bless us. And Lord, I rebuke the enemy that would try to come in and steal the seed that you are placing in the hearts of your people today. Bless us indeed. We're going to give you the praise and the glory. And everybody said amen. Amen. Today I want to talk to you about ark builders. Say ark builders. All right, here we go. Now look. I'm very theatrical when I preach, okay? I'm going to move, and I'm going to do voices, and I'm going, maybe some animals. We might have some animals before it's all said and done. Who knows, all right? If you missed the marriage conference, you missed a lot of animal, um, yeah, sounds. That's me, okay? I'm very theatrical. So I'm okay if you laugh. I'm okay if you clap. I'm okay if you say amen, all right? I'm okay if you slap your leg and you think it's just hilarious. I'm fine with that because the more you laugh, the more it acts me on, okay? It really does because like Pastor TJ said, uh, hey, I got the mic. It's my time now. Woo, here we go, all right? So jump on this train and let's just ride it together. It's going to be a fun day, okay? So here we go. The church is to equip the saints for ministry of the gospel. That's what the Bible tells us. It says that the fivefold ministry is for the equipping of the saints. It's to equip us to carry the gospel, to, to, to present the gospel, to move the gospel forward. So we come here so that we can be equipped, so that we can go out and we can share the message of Jesus Christ with the world. We come here to, 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 to train in teaching and in preaching and in evangelism and, and missionary work and outreach work. We come here to be encouraged and strengthened in those things. But God gave us the family to enrich the body of Christ. God gave us the family to enrich the body of Christ. And if your family is in the house of God, then guess what? You are adding value to the body of Christ. People love talking to your family. They do. They do. We have to teach our family sometimes to interact and talk back. Hey, be polite. Say hello. Say good morning. And, you know, and that's with raising kids. That's the way it goes. I had a gentleman walk up to me earlier, and he said, hi, Wyatt. How are you? And, you know, and I, and, and I didn't catch it first, and, and, I, I was, and then he jumped in. He said, I know your name's not Wyatt, but now I know who Wyatt looks like. It's the cheeks, ain't it, buddy? Yeah. And the hair. Always hold that against your dad. Hey, dad. Woo, look at this hair. Like a god, dad. Hair like a god. 
<laughs> God gave your family to enrich the body of Christ, to enrich the church. That's the reason that God gave you the family. In the book of Joshua 24, verse number 15, Joshua is speaking and he's talking and this is, this is he's given his final speech as their leader. He's given the final decree as their leader. He's, he's read the law to them. He's told them these are the commandments. These are the things you need to do. And then he steps up in this last moment and he says, now listen to me. He says, uh, if you choose to serve the gods that your father served in Egypt, then okay, that's fine. If you choose to follow those gods, then, then okay. If you choose to follow the gods of the Amorites, then that's between you and them. And, and, and if you choose to do that, okay, that's fine. But then he makes this statement. He says, but as for me and as for my house, we will serve the Lord. You can go and follow the things of the world. You can go and follow this person on Instagram. You can go and follow this person on social media or this athlete or, or this production company or this thing from Hollywood, whatever it is. You can follow this group with, with their ideology or you can follow that group with their ideology. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We're going to serve God. Joshua uh, he was saying, as for me and my house, he said, I'm going to serve the Lord. That meant that his heart was set upon God. He said, look, as for me, my heart is turned upon God. I'm going to look to God. I'm going to trust in God. I'm going to believe in God. Nothing else is going to sway me. Nothing else is going to change me. God is my foundation. The second thing he was saying in this is, as for my house, they will serve the Lord. He said, my house will be a kingdom culture. We will honor God more than anything else in our house. We will, we will present God before we present anything else. We will turn the garbage off, and we will listen to the things of God. We will walk in the things of God. We will teach the things of God. That is what Joshua was saying. A husband sets the tone, and he sets the belief structure for the home. If, if a man is in the house of God and he brings his family to the house of God, 95% of those families will serve God and continue to serve God throughout their life. But if the man of God does not come to the house of God and it's simply just the wife, that number drops to the, to the low 20s, almost to the teens. And if you're a single mom here or you're a mom here and your husband doesn't come to the house of God, I'm not trying to pick on you. I just want you to understand you've got some praying to do. Because when the man of God, when a man steps up and leads his family in the way that God has ordained him to lead, his family will serve God, his home will be a kingdom culture, and he will be able to present the gospel not just with his family but with people around him. Men, we have a big task in front of us. We have a big challenge in front of us. Ephesians 5 and 23 says, For the husband is the head of the wife, and Christ is the head of the church, uh, his body, for, for which he is a savior. Now, a lot of times people read this and they say, well, that's very antiquated, that's very uh, sexist, and, you know, women are strong. I agree. My wife is one of the strongest people that I know. I love my wife. I love her talent. I love her ability. I tell people all the time she has a much higher skill set than I do. I'm just good at talking and talking fast. She is much more talented than me. And I understand that, but we also understand what God has laid down in the structure of the home. 
God speaks to her. There is no one more that I would rather pray for me than my wife. I love to hear my wife pray over me. I love to have her take me by the hand and hear her pray the, the, the blessings of God and, and freedom from the things that, that I battle with mentally and physically and emotionally. I love when my wife prays for me. She is a strong woman of God. But God has simply laid out the structure. It says that the man is the head over the wife, and that's not a dominant thing. Please understand me. Please hear my heart. Don't hear my words. It is not a dominant thing. It is a structure thing, and it's what God has structured. Ephesians 6 and 4 says this, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. That means don't make your kids mad. How many knows that's hard with teenagers? Yeah, you simply put the wrong food in front of them and they get mad at you. I don't want to eat that. Well, fine, go to your room. And then it goes on. It says, don't bring them up in the discipline. And or it says to bring them up in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. This verse right here is talking to fathers. Ephesians 6 is talking to fathers. It's not a statement because a lot of times in Scripture it will say man and it means mankind. But here this word, when it speaks, it's speaking solely to father. It is not a gender neutral uh, Greek word. It is a specific, it is a male gender word. It means fathers. Dad, you know what your job is? To raise and instruct your children. It is not your wife's job. It's your job to raise them and instruct them in the things of God. That means you're calling out the God in their life. You're calling out Bible verses in them. You're challenging them to sit down and read the word of God. This Don't get mad at me. God wrote the book. If you want to get mad at the author, talk to him after church. But God has laid it out. Men, you've got a big task in front of you. The raising of your kids. They follow your leadership, Dad. They, if you're half-hearted, guess what? They're going to be half-hearted. It's true. If you're a passive dad, guess what? They're going to be passive. And please do not misunderstand my zeal for anger. I am not angry with you. I am not upset with you. I am simply passionate about this. It is time that men stand up and be men of God and they do what God has called them to do. A godly home will require work. A godly home takes work. It just doesn't fall into place. It takes teaching. It takes training. It takes walking with them. It takes loving them. It takes forgiving them. It takes grace. It takes patience. It takes encouragement. And some people would hear that list and they would think, well, do you expect me to be Jesus? 1 Corinthians 11 and 1 says this, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. That's what Paul said. He says, look, the things that I do, you do the same things because I'm following Christ. He's speaking that to young Christians, Christians who don't quite know how to hear the word of God yet, Christian, Christians that don't quite know how to get on their knees and, and pray through a situation or to walk through a circumstance or to go to the word of God and find the answer. And so Paul says, look, let me make it easy for you. Follow me as I follow Christ. And when you see me get in my word, you get in your word. When you see me get on my knees, you get on. When you see me worshiping in the house of God, you worship in the house of God. What I do, you do the same thing. And as I grow closer to God, you're going to grow closer to God. Dad, that's your responsibility. It's a big load, but it's true. Noah was a builder of families. 
He was. He wasn't, and it's not just any family, but he was, it was a God-centered family. Noah built a God-centered family. That's what he built. And so I want to talk to you here for just a few moments about the God-centered family. Hebrews 11, verse number 7, says this, By faith, Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear, constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this, by this, he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that came by faith. Noah... By faith, the water hadn't come, the supplies weren't there to build yet, God simply said build an ark, and Noah began to do, and he began to believe, and he began to trust God on what God wanted to do. God wants to give you a vision for your home, he wants to give you a plan on how to fulfill that vision, and he wants to help you and your wife, or you and your family do that. And so I want to I share some things with in Matthew chapter 7. Jesus is speaking, and he's given a parable, one of my favorite parables, and he's talking about the wise man and the foolish man. He says, the wise man built his house upon the rock, and, and, and the rains came, the storm came, the troubles came, the difficulty came, and the house stood. But the foolish man built his house on the sand, and the same storm came, and the same troubles came, and the same difficulty came, yet that house fell down. What was the difference? Well, it was the foundation. But there's one thing that a lot of people, when they speak that scripture, they look over it. Here's the thing that I want to point out to you. Either way, you're going to build one way or another. That's what Jesus was saying. You're going to build one way or another. You're either going to build on something solid or you're going to build on something that's shifting and, and moving and, and falling apart. And so building your family, you have to determine, and, and you, may, you may think to yourself, well, I'm just, my family's too far gone, my kids are too far gone, and my kids are out of the home. No, that's not the case, because God is a supernatural God, and he can do amazing miracles in anybody's life, whether they are living in your home or whether they are out running around chasing the world. But you have to determine to be an ark builder, an ark builder. So, how to build your family. Genesis chapter number 6. This is where you're going to find all of this. Genesis chapter number 6. Genesis chapter number 6, God gives uh, Noah some instruction. And I want to take uh, these verses, I want to take this section of scripture, and I just simply, I don't want to read a bunch of passage out of it. You can go back, you can read the story, because it's a, it's a great story. Uh, I love that story. But I want to take specific things that I want to point out to you, and I, I want to share with you what God did and who Noah was, all right? So first of all, if you're going to be an ark builder, here's the first thing you need to know. You need to know that how you live matters. How you live your life matters. What you do, what you say, what you are doing, what's involved in your life, what you allow in your home, it matters. Genesis 6 and 8. It says, Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Here's the thing you need to understand about God. God says, this is the way I want you to live. And if you choose to live outside of that, then guess what? God's favor isn't going to rest upon you. He still loves you. Do not get confused, his favor and his love. He still loves you. He still loves the sinner. He still loves the one that is far away from Christ. But sometimes in some moments... That's the reason I was reading this morning in Genesis, actually, and it says that he makes a statement. He says, my spirit will not always strive with man. 
You want to know why God blessed Noah? He blessed Noah because Noah was faithful. He was obedient. He did what God said to do. And for any young person that's under the sound of my voice or anyone generally, just hear this statement right here. Belated obedience is disobedience. If God says do it, then do it. And don't wait. If mom and dad says do it, then you... Oh, come on, parents. I just gave you a moment to preach with me right there. Grandparents, you too. If God says do it, then you... If mom and dad says do it, then you... If you need a moment or two, then communicate with them. Say, hey, mom, can I finish this? And then I will do that. And nine times out of ten, they're going to say yes, unless they just need you to deal with it right then at that moment. So Noah, how he lived mattered. He followed the things of God, and he passed them down to his kids. He was seen as righteous in God's eyes because of his faithfulness, because he talked with God, he lived with God, he loved God. How you live matters. It matters to God, it matters to your family, and it matters to the people around you in your life. Well, I'm not hurting anybody. You're hurting your witness, and you're teaching your kids possibly something that God doesn't want them to walk in. You may be okay with dealing with it, but maybe your kid has an addictive spirit in their life and it's going to hurt them and wound them and, 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 and trouble them for the rest of their life. You need to guard your actions because your kids are watching, mom and dad. How you live matters. Again, please don't mistake my passion for anger. I'm not angry. I'm simply just speaking the truth to you. What you do and how you do it, it matters to God. It matters to your family. And you could be the pivotal thing in your kid's life that, that, that they're either going to follow God and make it to heaven or not follow God. What you do matters. How you live matters. The things you say, it matters. The second thing is this. You need to use the same material inside and outside. What you are on the inside needs to be the same on the outside. Amen? Let's go to Scripture. Genesis 6 and 14. Make yourself an ark of gopher wood. Make rooms in the ark and cover it inside and outside with pitch. The same material that's on the inside, let it be the same material that's on the outside. You know what? Your family needs stability. They do. Do not leave your family to wonder who's walking in the door after they come home from work. Do not make your family, your wife or your husband, teenagers, do not make your parents wonder, am I going to get aggressive teenage son or daughter? Am I going to get angry teenage son or daughter? Am I going to get loving teenage son or daughter? What you are on the inside is what you need to be on the outside. And I understand, I understand teenagers, trust me, I understand teenagers. I have four boys. Oh, the aggression, oh, the fighting, oh, the arguing. I'm really surprised that we still have couches that people can sit on. I really, really am. <laughs> but what you are, it needs to be the same on the inside as it is on the outside. You know what? We're really good at giving everyone else around us the best of ourselves, and then we come home and give our family the scraps. Yeah? 
We see people, they cut us off. Oh, I'm so, oh, no, you're okay. You're all right. It's okay. And then we go home, and we are just on edge with our kids. We're on edge with our spouse. Jesus gives a parable. Uh, Jesus is speaking, and a lady comes to Jesus, and she says, uh, she says, Master, you know, would you do a work in my life? And he says, look, he says, healing belongs to the children. He said, that, that's the table that they eat at. And she said, yeah, but, but even the dogs get scraps from the master's table. Now, look, we seem to be okay sometimes with giving our family the scraps from the master's table. But you know what our family needs? They need the best portions because they're sons and daughters of the King of King and the Lord of Lords. What you are on the inside is what you need to be on the outside. I understand your boss drives you crazy. If that's the case, then pray yourself out of that job and into another job in the name of Jesus. Amen? I understand if I understand things get stressful and I understand sometimes we just we can't help it. We come in the house and, and, and things are just but we need to learn to check our spirit. There is such a thing in the word of God and in the spirit of man that is called self-control. It's a fruit of the spirit. It's a gift of God. It's a gift of the spirit. You need to begin to pray and say, God, let me have self-control when I walk in this house. And the same great grace that I showed that person giving customer service to at the store, God, let me give more grace to my family and more love to my family. Oh, that's good. Proverbs 22 and 6 says, train up a child in the way they should go, and even when they get old, they will not depart from it. You need to begin to talk to God and say, God, what way does my family need to go? I prayed specifically over all of my sons. I have four sons. I'm going to show you their picture in a minute. Not yet. I want to show you their picture in a minute. I have four sons. And I prayed specifically over the years. God, what does Jaron need? God, he's dealing with this. Jaron, I love my son Jaron. He is talented, but he is very quiet. And a lot of times he views himself as not good enough. And so I've had to pray, God, what do I need to teach him about his self-confidence? And God has spoken to me. Train up a child in the way they should go. What way should they go? And a lot of times people say, well, just train them in the house of God. Well, that's good. And I love that concept. But when was the last time you specifically prayed over that action in your son or daughter? God, I don't know why they're acting like this and I don't like it. So Heavenly Father, what do they need to do? And God, how do I help them walk to get to that place of freedom in their life? Amen? Train up a child in the way they should go. If you're not talking to God, then you don't know what way God wants them to go and you're just shooting in the dark. Mom, Dad, get on your knees and say, God... They're angry all the time, and I don't like it. Is it something in me, God? And if it's something in me, then change me. But, God, I pray that you show me how do I speak to this, how do I correct this, how do I love them through this, how do we get past this moment, God? Train a child in the way that God would have them to go. Understand that the ark is a picture of salvation. It's a picture of salvation. In, in, in chapter 7 of Genesis, verse 1, it said, God called them into the ark, and they went. God has given a plan of salvation. Would you simply just move your family into it? God gave, he, he gave a plan. He gave a plan. And there was a plan. And it was in place. And God will give you a plan. And God will show you what he wants to do. That's the next thing that God did in Noah's life. He showed him a plan. He said, look, I want you to build an ark. It's going to be this size. It's going to look like this. It's going to build like this. You're going to be this tall. It's going to be this many feet long. And, and you're going to create rooms in it. And he gave him the blueprint. Noah just wasn't out there. And he wasn't just saying, well, uh, uh, Shem, uh, grab, grab, that, grab that log of gopher wood and pull it over here. And, and, and Ham, uh, go, go, go get... I, I think I got a plan. I love my dad. I love my dad, our father. 
But my dad, sometimes he just works off a whim. Anybody else have fathers or husbands off of a whim? We'll go and it'll be Thanksgiving time or we'll be visiting with dad and dad will say, hey, I want to do this today. Okay, well, do, do you have the stuff to do it? No, I got to go to Orsland's. Come on, get in the truck. Let's go to Orsland's. So we'll get in the truck and we'll drive to Orsland's. We'll pull into Orsland's and dad will go in. Okay, I need one of these and, and I need some of these. Oh, they don't have everything here. Okay, we're going to have to go to the other hardware store across town. So let's go over there. So we go and we get everything and we get back. We get back and, okay, Dad, we ready to go? No, it's lunchtime. I'm going to go eat. Come on, let's go eat. So we walk in and we go and eat. And then he gets up and he walks outside and we're finishing because my dad can't sit still for longer than 10 minutes, 15 minutes at the most. And he walks outside. And so we get done eating and we come outside. Well, better go see what Dad's doing. All right, let's go. So we walk outside and the truck's still full of everything that we just bought. Dad, what are we doing? Well, I'm, I'm cutting grass right now. Don't worry about it. We're just, no, it's okay. We're cutting grass. Boy, Toby, get on that truck. Jared, you start weed eating. All right, Wyatt, Wyatt, get off the four-wheeler. Wyatt, ah, forget it. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> God has a plan. I love my dad. My dad, for the most part, has a plan, but sometimes he doesn't have a plan. But Father God always has a plan. He knows how your kids need to be raised. He knows what needs to be spoken to your kids. He knows what people need to speak into your kid's life. So you need to begin to pray, God, who and what needs to be said and who needs to speak into their life and what do you want to do in them? Amen? That's good. Come on, give God a hand clap on that one right there, okay? So family purpose. Stick with me here, okay? Family purpose. Art building is a family affair. It is a family affair. Noah's sons, they found their talent. They found their purpose in art building. When you build the things of God in your home, when you build uh, God's kingdom in your home, your kids are going to find their purpose. They're going to find their talent. They're going to find their place. Noah's sons became builders. They became managers, and they became gatherers. That's what they did. They built the ark. They managed all the animals and bringing them in. We need this much hay to cover this many animals. We, we need this much grain to cover this many animals. And God laid all that out, but they were managing it. They were stewards of it. And then they would begin to gather all of the things that need to be gathered to be brought into the ark. Proverbs 25 and 2 says this, it is the glory of God to conceal things. So God wants to conceal things within your kids, within you, within your life. But the glory of kings is to search things out. Revelation declares that we are kings and priests. That's what it says. You are a king and a priest in the kingdom of God. That's what the word of God says. Therefore, this scripture tells me that God has hidden something within me, but it's my job to search it out and to pull it out. And God has hidden something in my kids, in my sons, in my daughters, and therefore it is my job to pray and to search it out and to seek the things of God for their life and begin to speak into their life. Next to God, I'm the most important verse, uh, important voice that they should hear in their life. God's number one. I'm number two, and I have two adult sons that are, that, are, that are married and almost married, but yet I still call them and I say, hey, as your spiritual leader, I need you to listen to me. This is what I was praying for you, and this is what I think God needs you to hear this morning. I have that authority in my son's life because I trained, I raised, I purposely taught them the things of God. 
And they have a respect for me now that they absolutely will sit down and just listen. And they will take, because anytime God speaks, and I never speak of my own will, anytime God speaks, God speaks confirmation to them because he's speaking to them too. God will use you, mom and dad, to speak confirmation into your kid's life. Amen? God has keys to find that that is within them, and he wants to hand them to you, and, and he wants to help them find that satisfaction, that talent, that purpose in their life. Make them builders with you. Make your family build with you. Challenge them to serve in the house of God. Sometimes you just have to make them serve, mom and dad. So let me show you my family. It's coming. I have four. I, I, I have four. There they are. Oh, yeah. That's my family. Yeah, they're ugly, aren't they? Whew. Babe, me and you, we're about the best looking two out of that whole crew. No, I have four sons. I love my sons. I really do. I love my sons. So my oldest is right here. This is my oldest. This is him and his fiance's engagement uh, photo. Look, engagement is not just a little thing with us. It's a family affair, okay? He proposed, and then they came back to the church because we didn't have a house at the time, so we were kind of camping out at the church, and, uh, and, and, and they met Easter this year, and they're getting married in November. Are you okay with that? Absolutely, because I've trained him for this, and me and Mama want a hot tub, so we're just trying to get kids out of the house. <laughs> Y'all go, go. My son, Jaron, very soft-hearted, very quiet, but a talented guitar player, a talented musician. And he loves to worship God because I made him an art builder. When it comes worship time, he'd, he'd much rather be up here playing guitar, playing drums, or playing that bass than he would to be out there or even behind a pulpit. He is an art builder when it comes to worship. My second son, AJ. <laughs> You see me and Pastor TJ? Yeah, that's him right there. Uh-huh. That's, yeah, uh-huh. That's, that's AJ. He would be fighting for the mic along with us. He really would. AJ is a talented piano player. He uh, plays, they, they live about 30 minutes from us. Him and his wife, this is his wife. They've been married for one year as of yesterday. Yesterday was their one-year anniversary. And so excited for them. And uh, he plays piano and talented young man. Getting ready, uh, they're getting ready to announce him in the next couple of weeks as youth pastor. Oh, I may not be able to say this on live stream. Ooh, oops, sorry, Josh. Sorry, Pastor Josh. They're getting ready to announce him as youth pastor at their church. And we are so excited for them. They're, he's an art builder. Our next son is Toby. That boy is country as cornbread right there. <laughs> I'm telling you. He thinks that they ought to make a holiday called National Mullet Day. He's just, he's country, but he's smart, and he's so tenderhearted. He's serving God this morning as well. He works in our kids' department as well as plays bass. Toby is a helper in kids' department. We have about nine autistic kids that on any given Sunday will show up at our kids' department. Nine autistic kids. Sometimes they've all shown up at once, <laughs> and that's fun for our kids' department. Toby is one of the helpers, and when one of those autistic kids show up, they put Toby with one or two of them or three of them, depending on the scale that they fall on the autistic scale. 
Toby, though he acts rough, he does. You have never seen anybody more gentle with kids. And he loves, he has three kids that he absolutely loves. He doesn't know their names, but he calls them runner, sitter, and hugger. What'd you do today in KOR? Well, I had runner and hugger today. Sitter, he sit by somebody else, but, but that's who I had. And he loves, he loves doing that. And he's great with, with those kids. And they need to hear the gospel just like anybody else. Amen? Liam, that's my baby. And they say that I'm a doter towards baby. They, they, they say that I favor him. Well, he's my baby. And you parents understand, right? You know where I'm coming from. I know you won't say it because you don't want your teenagers to hear it. You don't want them to agree. But I, I, I love my baby. I love my Liam. Tenderhearted. He's serving today as well. He's either running cameras or he's working computer. But he's at the house of God right now, and he's serving and he's working. We are ark builders. We love people. We love people. We love God. We want to share the things of God and the greatness of God. And we have built that, me and my wife, we have built that into them. I'm not saying this to brag on my family. I'm saying this to brag on God. God has poured this into us, and we are passionate about this. And God will give you the same passion for your family. Now, Noah's sons found ark builders as well. Let me introduce you to my daughters. Go back to that picture. These are my daughters. Now, I don't have physical daughters, okay? My wife didn't birth daughters, but I don't call them my daughter-in-laws because the Word of God says that children are a heritage from the Lord. They're like hands in the, in the, man of a mighty, in the hands of a mighty warrior. They are like that. And it says, blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. God gave me these daughters. As much as I have prayed for my sons, I have prayed for my daughters. Let me give you uh, a brief story. Bailey and AJ, they met in junior high, and they dated all through junior high, and after high school, they got married. Uh, Jaren's 21. AJ's 20. He was 19 when they got married, okay? And I know, well, that's young. Hey, that's okay. I was young too. And look at me. I look great. <laughs> My kids are almost out of the house. Woo, thank you, Jesus. Love Bailey. Super talented. Loves God more than she loves my son. That's a prayer that I prayed over my daughters before I even knew them. God, let them love you more than they love my sons. Because when they learn to love you, then they'll love my sons in the right way when they're in the right manner. Madeline will be the newest addition in November to our family. She is a great addition. I call her my daughter. She has only met her dad two times, and her dad has no part in her life necessarily. When her and Jaren began to talk about possibly getting engaged and getting married, she wanted to come talk with us, and she began to sit down, and she began to share her history. After high school, she went to college, and she stepped into some very difficult time and some very bad things in her life, almost to the place that one day she found herself laying on the floor contemplating what she was going to do with her life, not thinking about the future, but thinking about that moment. She said, and it was God because my mom didn't call me. My mom didn't show up. My mom just walked in the door, and she said, come on, I'm coming to take you home. Her mom, she hadn't talked to her, and she had no idea. And she was sharing that, and she said, I still don't understand that. And God prompted me. Let me tell you something about my boys, and I'm, I'm finishing up. Piano player, whoever, come on, come on. 
When my son Jaron was born, God prompted my spirit. And please don't think that I'm any more spiritual than you because I'm not. I'm simply a servant. But God prompted my spirit and he said, every time you pray for your sons, I want you to pray for your daughters. Mom, dad, you can do this. Grandma and grandpa, you can do this. Because guess what? That, that young man or that young woman, they're going to be a part of your family and your life one of these days. Do you want someone that's a jerk or do you want someone that's a gentleman and a lady? What do you want? And so I began to pray. And every time I would pray for my sons and what I would pray for my sons, I would pray the same things for my daughter. God, give Jaron confidence. And Lord, whoever his wife is, I pray that you give her confidence. God, I pray that you give AJ wisdom. And whoever his wife is, I pray that you give her wisdom. God, I pray that you give uh, Toby, Heavenly Father, just a peace within himself. And God, whoever his wife is, give her a peace within herself. God, I pray for Liam, and God, I pray that he always stay tenderhearted towards you. And whoever his wife is, I pray that she be tenderhearted toward you as well. Madeline shared that story about being on the floor, contemplating taking her own life in that moment. She said, and my mom walked in. She said, and all I can think now is that it was God. The Holy Spirit prompted me, and he said, John, you were praying at that moment for your daughter. And what I just shared with you about praying over my sons, I shared with her, and she began to bawl and she began to cry. A couple of weeks ago, she looked at me and she told me, Father's Day, she brought me a card. She calls me Papa John. She said, thank you, Papa John, for loving me because they, they met Easter. So Father's Day is maybe two months away, maybe June, maybe June. It's not very far. She said, thank you for loving me. And then she asked me a great honor. She said, will you at the wedding... Will you dance, my father-daughter, dance with me because you are more of a father than any other man has ever been in my life. And I am honored. I told her yes. I've already given her a nickname. Her name is Sweets. I don't call anyone else that nickname. Not any longer. Occasionally, I would use it. I would see my niece. I'd say, hey, sweets, how are you? Now you're beautiful. Hey, beautiful, how are you? But my daughter, she's sweets. God places the lonely in families. Amen? There are people that are lonely. There are people that are hurting, and they need your family. They need ark builders to say, hey, there's room in the ark. If someone else would have been found righteous, guess what? They would have come in, and only the righteous could come into the ark. That means the daughters were righteous. Young person, you better listen to me. If that person doesn't love God more than they love you, then you need to begin to pray seriously about that relationship. The next question we told our boys to find out is, do they tithe? Well, what does that have to do with their relationship? Because where they're 
heart is, that's where their treasure will be. And if their heart is in the things of God, then they'll give to the things of God. That's just biblical, whether you like it or not. Where their heart is, that's where their treasure will be. It's not backwards where their treasure is. That No, no. Where their heart is, what they value most, that's where their treasure will go to. So do they tithe? Do they honor God? Do they love God with their, with their service, with their heart, with their finances, with their home? Are they surrendered to God? Are they seeking their own will? Are they in the house of God working to grow and mature in the things of God? Is there visible fruit in their life? Young person, you better ask all four of those questions to yourself and you better pray about them. And if you want to know what they are, come see me after church. I'll, I'll get you a screenshot of them. But these are things that you need to pray Young person that's not married, you need to pray over these. Because there's an ark that your family has set to build. And the unrighteous will not come into the ark. And so you need to pray, God, is this a righteous person? Is this a righteous young man? Is this a righteous young woman? How you build will set the foundation for your kids. I like Genesis 7, chapter 1. Final verse, it says this. Then the Lord said to Noah, go into the ark, you and your household, for I have seen that you are righteous before me in this generation. Does God see your family as righteous? And if not, then I pray that this word today has challenged you to get on your knees and say, God, what can I do? What do I need to do? What do I need to go after? And again, you may say, my kids are gone. This doesn't apply to me. No, no, no. Because listen to me. There are kids. I've seen kids all over this house coming in and out of the doors. And you know what they need? They need an ark builder to come up to them and see how they're doing today. They need an ark builder to reach out to them and tell them, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. I'm praying for your schooling. I'm praying that God would help you find the job that you need. And please don't sit there and think, well, I have failed. No, 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 listen to me. His mercies are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. What you did yesterday is in the past, but you can start today. God, we're setting a new standard in our home. I'm going to study it. I'm going to research it. I'm going to pray about it. I'm going to get on my knees. I'm going to talk to Pastor TJ and Tristan. I'm, I'm going to find out what we can do because I want my family to be a blessing to our church. And I want our community to grow because our family is sacrificially giving to this house. Amen. Stand to your feet with me this morning. God, I worship you, I worship you, I worship you. Your word is truth. Your word is life. Your word is real today. God, speak into us. I pray that this word has challenged us and prompted us, God, to go to our knees first and hear what you have to say and begin to put it in place. Every family, God, minister to them. But they have a purpose. They have a place. Hallelujah. 
here's what I, I'm going to do. And I know I, it's 12, it's past 12. Stick with me for another minute here, okay? Because God wants to do something in your life. I, I want to pray over you. I remember when we were young parents and we had people that would come and they walked beside us and helped us. AJ was a baby. No, Jaron was a baby. And he had stomach issues. He cried all the time. And we had a sweet lady named Vonda who was a nurse. She said, Rachel, because Rachel was a young mama, she said, baby, just put that child on the ground on his belly and let him roll around and he'll work that gas right out of his stomach. Don't worry about all that other stuff. She came along beside us in that moment and helped us because we didn't know. We have to have people walk with us in life. That's what the kingdom of God is all about. Let me walk with you. Not shame you or correct you, but let me walk with you. Let me walk you to where you need to be. So if you would like prayer for yourself and your family, then I, I just invite you to come. Just come and stand in the front. We're going to ask our, our, our elders to come and our pastor to come. And we just want to pray over you. Maybe you have grandkids that are away from Christ. Maybe you have kids that are away from Christ. And you want them you want someone so badly to tell them about Jesus Christ, then you come and stand in the gap for them because you're an ark builder. Come and stand in the gap for them. Maybe you're a single mom or a single dad. Maybe you're a single mom or a single dad and you say, I just, I just need the strength of God. Then you come. And, and if you want prayer, you face this way. If you're, if you're an elder, if you're going to be praying with someone, then, then turn and face the congregation, okay? But if you want prayer, face me. So we know. Maybe you're a young person and you're praying about your future, your future spouse. And you just want someone to agree with you that you have the wisdom to hear God and know what God wants. Then you come. Look, we're praying for families today. We're praying for families today. God wants to bless you. So will you come and trust him right now? Don't leave if we haven't got to you yet. Don't walk away. Wait for us. We want to pray with you. Wait for us.